Praise God. Praise God. Why don't you go ahead and just join me over in Acts chapter 14 for a moment. Acts chapter 14. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. You know, I shouldn't. Of course, everybody's, you know, you got people who are just beginning their journey and their walk with Jesus. And we're so glad you got in the kingdom when you did. The Bible, one third of our Bible is prophetic prophetic in nature. Theologians tell us that. Meaning that it's dealing with things yet to come. And um, the Bible puts its own integrity on the line by prophesying things that obviously if they don't come to pass, we know the book is false and we can go on to some other faith <laughs> looking for the real thing. And the Bible has proven itself divine and accurate and divinely inspired over and over and over and over again. But uh, the signs of the Lord's return are multiple and they are all around us and they are in our face. And uh, I don't want to just really any of my time to talk to you about that, but if you're interested, you just get in there and study and you'll find out. We're, I don't believe we're just living in the last of the last days. We're living in the last breath, the last moments of the church age, and at any time the trumpet could sound, the church will be caught away, and the Antichrist is going to step on the stage, and it's going to be seven years on this planet like the world has never, ever seen, will never see again. You do not want to be here. If you do not know Jesus as your Savior, you need to get in Christ right now and give your life to Him. You do not want to be here during the tribulation period. Amen. You don't want to have a heart attack and die and go to hell for all eternity. Amen. But, you know, here in Acts chapter 14, verse 22, the Bible says that the Apostle Paul and his ministry team were on another journey going from church to church. And it says that they were confirming the souls of the disciples. In other words, when, when Paul invested all that blood, sweat, and tears, and spiritual resources to found a church, uh, to get a people going, to make disciples, and then he would leave them. You could tell from his writings that his heart never left them. You know, it's like with the Thessalonians. There was some sort of undesirable interruption in his ability to get back to them, and, and it just worked on his mind. Are they okay? Are they being faithful? Do they still love the Lord? Amen. And, uh, of course, so he sent one of his spiritual sons to the church at Thessalonica and came back with a wonderful word that their faith was abounding, their faith was famous, they were, they were doing great. Amen? But notice here that Paul was confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them, that word means encouraging them to continue in the faith. Amen? And that we must, through much tribulation, enter into the kingdom of God. Now, I know that doesn't make you shout. Amen? But the Bible, if anything, it is honest. It is honest. Amen? And through much trouble, that word means trouble. It means difficulty. It means pressure. It means opposition. And he, he didn't just say that we're going to, deal with a little bit of that before he comes, but a lot of that. Paul said by the Spirit in 2 Timothy chapter 3 that in the last days, perilous times will come. They will come. In the Greek, 
the, the phrase will come means they will set in and they will not leave until the culmination of everything he says after that, which is the end of the age. And so from the world's perspective, things are going to get more difficult and more difficult out there. Amen? And so as a pastor uh, who has been entrusted with a flock of sheep, if you will, one of the great, uh, I w- what's the word, Father? I, it's not a burden. But one of the things that I am aware of keenly in this day and hour is your spiritual wherewithal, your stamina, your how you're doing spiritually, that you're, you're doing what is necessary to keep yourselves in the fight, in the faith, all the way to the end. Now, I can't make, it's not my job to make anyone do anything. But if there was ever a time not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together as the manner or the habit of some is, it is now. We need each other. We need the strength, the encouragement, the mutual faith, the impartations. We need the word preached to us, not just through a screen, but face to face. Amen. And there are people that are neglecting, and I can't make you do anything, but there's a cost, there's a price. Amen. Well, they had a lot going on. What? What? And does it match the importance? Paul said, I pray in Philippians chapter 1, verse 10, the Amplified, I pray that the people of God would learn to sense what is vital and to approve and to prize the things that are excellent and to be able to distinguish the moral differences. Not everything you have to do is equal in value and importance. The wall will be there. You do not need to paint it between 7 and 8.30 on Wednesday night. What are we thinking? We just Anyway, that's not the only thing. Amen. But feeding on the Word of God. Reading the Word of God. I've had uh, a lot of appointments lately. Important things. Talking to folks about important issues that they wanted to meet with me about. And uh, one of the things I've taken away, was thinking about this this afternoon, is that I can tell... They don't know the word. Now, I'm glad they came to me about their problem, but they don't know the word. And and even people that read the word, I wonder what what they're thinking. You know, if uh, let's just let's go. Let's go to Colossians. uh, Let's go to Philippians chapter four real quick. Man, I'm kind of off what I thought I would be doing, but that's okay. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But these are weighty times. These are important times. And we need every Christian soldier on the front line, in their foxhole. Not a wall, but at their post. Amen. And so, you know, it's okay. So here's where I think a lot of Christians, they kind of get in this mode. Well, I know, okay, Pastor Chris, you know, and I know that's right. I'm a Christian. I should read my Bible. 
And so I'm going to read my Bible, and I get out here. Okay, my Bible falls open to Philippians chapter 4. Okay, this is great. This is wonderful. And, uh, okay, let me see. Let me just, uh, my eyes fall. Uh, where, where is chapter 4? There it is. Okay. And uh, so here I am, and I'm reading along. Verse. Let's just read chapter 4, verse 1. Therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved, and long for my joy and my crown, stand fast in the Lord, dearly beloved, I beseech Iodia, Diodius, and uh, Syntyche, and that they be of the same mind. I entreat thee also, true yellow fellow. Uh, what does that Facebook post say? Oh, okay, that's cool. And, uh, and I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow, help these women who labored with me in the gospel, and Clement also, and with other fellow laborers whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. I heard that one one time. Okay. Let, let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, be, make your requests known unto God, and the peace of God. Uh, what does that say? Well, it passes all understanding. We'll keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are good, true, honest, virtuous, uh, pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are good, report, be any virtue, be anything good, think on these things. Oh, I'm busy, I gotta go. But I read my Bible, and so I'm victorious today. And I just really kind of think there's, that's about the, I hope that's not how you read your Bible. Because I'm religious now, I checked it off the list, and that must please God. Now He's going to bless me in all things. For example, you have people coming with me with severe depression problems. And I bring them this scripture. And I say, honey, what does this say? Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Is it just a scripture in the Bible? Or is it instruction for us? It is instruction for us. Be careful, the Amplified Bible says, do not fret or be anxious about anything. Do not fret or be anxious about anything. But instead, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God that passes all human understanding, is going to guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus, not because you read it. Not because you read it. If you want the peace of God in these days that will passes all human understanding, what must we do? Yeah, we must rejoice always. When we, that means I'm going to rejoice when I feel like it, and I'm going to rejoice when I don't feel like it. And then... I refuse to be anxious and to fret about anything. And so when you, if that's all you read and you closed your Bible and you went and intended and you fought over that verse all day long in the midst of trouble and tribulation in your life, instead of worrying about those bills and how they're going to get paid, you just rejoice and praise God Amen. And you just do your level best. I refuse, refuse. You resist with all your might. All fear, all worry, all anxiety. I will not do it because God's word told me this morning when I read my Bible, do not fret. See, that, that's how you should read your Bible. Word by word. What is he saying to me? What did the book say? Where, now, not every verse we read was instructive. 
right? I don't know who Yodius is. I'm not Sintyke. That verse doesn't mean a lot to me. It does say that they should be of the same mind in the Lord. They shouldn't be fighting with one another so that we could pick something out of that. When I go to church, I don't have a Udeus in my church, but I do have a brother doodad, and he kind of gets on my nerves, but we're not gonna, we're gonna be of the same mind. You see what I mean? But when I mean when you get to verse four and you get to verse six and seven, look at verse eight again. It says, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, if it's true, if it's honest, if it's praiseworthy, if it's got any virtue. You know, he gives you all these qualities and he says, think on these things. Is the Bible telling us what to think? What to think about? Where the flow of our mind ought to be? Well, friends, if we want to have good mental health in these last days, we're going to have to just, we're going to have to pay attention to the Word of God. Read the Word of God looking for the instruction and then leave the Word of God intending to walk out that instruction that you read. That is where your victory is. That is where your victory is. Not in reading the Bible and then walking away and forgetting what you read and then going out there and just being a natural person, doing your best, trying to tackle all your problems and overcome all your challenges in your own strength. We are not going to be able, brothers and sisters, in these last days to overcome all that will come against us in our own strength. We are never told in the Word of God to be strong. We are told to be strong in the Lord. It is through Christ that we can do all things who strengthens us, not, of our, not in and of ourselves, when you come to church in these last days, it's so important that you have the right mindset when you come to church and sit under the ministry of the Word. Well, that's a great sermon. What'd you get out of it? Well, I kind of forgot. Well then, God bless you. Amen? What did the preacher say from the Word? What was the Word of the Lord to the congregation? then you leave there, if it's from the Word, and you go put that into practice in your life. The blessing is in the doing, not in the just coming. Not in just the showing up. Are y'all with me? Let me see if I can somehow get onto my, onto my direction. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know, in Galatians chapter 6, it says that whatsoever a man sows, that will he also reap. Amen? That God is not mocked. God is not mocked. And he says, we will reap if we do not faint. The word faint means give up and quit. Amen? And there's so much pressure demonically coming against the church, coming against your mind, my mind, in this moment, that his intent is to just wear you down, wear you out, 
throw so much at you, one thing after another, until you just give up and quit. But as your pastor, I'm telling you, it doesn't have to be that way. It could be the exact opposite. We're supposed to be going from glory to glory, from faith to faith, from victory to victory. But there are some fundamental things you've got to lay down in your life and they cannot be negotiable from this day forward. I'm going to read my Bible every day. It's not negotiable. I'm going to pray and talk to God every day. That's not negotiable. I'm going to be at church every time the doors are open. If I have to drag my sorry self in there with snot running out of my nose because I'm not going to miss what my feeding. Did he really say that? Yeah, I mean, you, you want to use wisdom, all that, blow your nose before you get here, take a, take a NyQuil, a DayQuil, whatever you want to do. But I'm just telling you, amen. If I don't get my truck to the filling station on a regular basis, I ain't going anywhere. I'm not going to be going anywhere. Amen. Glory. Well, one of the other things that God has given us, amen, that is so critical in this hour is what we talked about last week, and that is praying in other tongues. Praying in other tongues. Amen. I'll just quote it to you for time's sake, but you could write the reference down in Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6. There was a discouraged Zerubbabel. He had an assignment from God to lead the children of Israel in the reconstruction of the destroyed temple. And they had got the foundation laid, but they had received opposition and they were discouraged. They they weren't able to go any further. And God speaks and gives a vision to the prophet Zechariah. And ultimately what came out of that was a very encouraging message from God through the prophet to Zerubbabel. And aren't we glad that God sometimes will send someone with a word from God to speak to us when we get discouraged? Amen. But the gist of what he said there was, Zerubbabel, it's not by might, meaning by the natural, and nor is it going to be by power or the power of an earthly army, but it's by my spirit, saith the Lord. Amen. Victorious living in this day and hour is going to have to be by the spirit. By the spirit. It doesn't mean that we're kooky weird, Amen. And we're not normal people that that other people can relate to. Amen. But we are deeply spiritual people. We are in tune and in cooperation with, walking with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, again, so many people are living their lives just merely by their senses. By what they see, feel, hear, taste, touch. What they can analyze. What they can measure. Amen? But God, God is not... God is a spirit. God is a spirit. And you're a spirit. And He's going to contact you in your spirit. And we should not be looking for God to deal with us in anything physical and anything external. That is the devil's playground. 
I said, that is the devil's playground. The way you stay guarded from the errors and the deceptions of the devil is to not be looking for God in the physical. If God ever talked to you or got something across to you through the physical, let me just say, it was because you're so spiritually dense and the, hour, the moment is so desperate, he had to do something to save your hide and in his mercy he did something out of the ordinary. Amen. Hallelujah. You've got to write it in the sky. It means you're not hearing right. He lives on the inside of you. And God has given us a means by which that we can communicate to Him on a supernatural plane. Amen? Glory to God. So let's go back over to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. And listen, I, I know, I know how other people think. I, I, I was reminded again for some people that were talking to me about their relatives and what they think and what they say about our kind of church, about our church. That is all that wild and crazy extreme stuff. Like what? I don't even know what they're talking about, but they're just really in their head and in their flesh and in their, they, they're speaking totally out of their ignorance. Most of these people don't even go to church. They don't know their Bible for sure. Amen? <laughs> Glory to God. And I feel so sorry for Christians that have let religion and devils talk them out of speaking in other tongues because they are handicapping themselves. I said they're handicapping themselves. Amen. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, uh, I want to read verse 4 first. I'll read it from the Amplified. It says, He who speaks, the Amplified says it this way, in a strange tongue, edifies and improves himself. The word edify means to build up like a building, like an edifice. To build up one floor, next floor, higher and higher, like a building. How do we do this? I mean, if we're just going to take the word of God at face value, he that speaks in an unknown tongue edifies himself. That's King James. He that speaks in an unknown tongue edifies himself. So this is a divine, supernatural means given to us by God where we have been given a way to build ourselves up spiritually. We should never get low spiritually. And we should never, if we get low spiritually, we should never point at our circumstance and blame the circumstance. We should never look at the pressure and blame the pressure. We should never look at the trouble and blame the trouble. We're the person that's come against us. Amen? God has given us the means by which, regardless of what people do, that we can stay built up and encouraged supernaturally. Now, I know it does not make sense to the natural mind that for me to talk in this strange, strange language is somehow going to do something for me. But I believe the Word of God. And I've proved it out over years of experience that I can't stay low. I can't stay down. I can't stay discouraged. I can't be depressed and pray in other tongues very long. Yeah. 
up from within. See, one of the ways that one of the things that happens spiritually is think about praying in other tongues like dipping into the well of your salvation. Amen. Drawing on, drawing out the things of God from within you. Where's the kingdom of God? It's within you. The, dom- the domain, the realm, the power, the glory, the, dom- every, the realm of God. Where is it? It is in you. Now there's a physical kingdom coming. See, that's what the Jews miss, God bless them. They're looking for the physical And there will be a physical kingdom, but the first kingdom he came to bring us, amen, was the invisible kingdom. And that kingdom lives on the inside of you now. That means the dominion of God over sickness is in you now. Amen. The wisdom of God for every single dilemma, enigma, riddle, problem, challenge you're facing today or ever will face, that wisdom and the ability to access it is in you now if you're born again. Because the Holy Spirit of God who is omniscient, amen, he's omniscient, meaning he knows everything about everything is on the inside of you if you're born again. Hallelujah. Think about the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, amen. All of those other attributes, they are fruits of the Spirit, fruits of the born-again human spirit. And the human spirit's only born again because the Spirit of God lives on the inside. Amen. So I'm just telling you, Check it out. Try it out. Long don't go. Right? It'd be better than taking a pill. Be better than getting drunk. Better than a DUI. Better than snorting a line. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He that speaks in an unknown tongue edifies himself. The Amplified brings it out in this amazing improves himself. Improves himself. Praise God. Oh, glory to God. Thank you, Father. And we need to emphasize this in this day and hour, in a day of trouble, in a day of darkness, in a day of difficulty, living in the world set up and furnished for the Antichrist, living in that day. We need to take advantage of every benefit, of every supernatural means. We should neglect none of them. Amen. Y'all with me tonight? Glory to God. Glory to God. Like I said, I've proven it out. You've lost me. When I get down, when I get low, amen, if I just give myself even just a little bit, I, I I can't stay down. He lifts me. Strength comes. Joy bubbles up. Peace comes. Amen? Let me see if I can find you something from Brother Hagin here. Maybe you'll believe him. And we have these out in the bookstore in a much prettier format, but this is Brother Hagin's Bible study course on prayer. Listen to what he says. When I know there's a problem, I begin praying in tongues. I begin praying in tongues. And most of the time, before I get through praying, I have the answer to, my pro- to the problem in my spirit. 
Isn't that wonderful? Hallelujah. When I know there's a problem, I begin praying in tongues. And most of the time before I get through praying, I have the answer to the problem in my spirit. Why? He tapped the well of wisdom. He's looking to the helper. He's looking to and cooperating with the one who knows everything about everything. See, we want God to do everything while we do nothing. And we've got to, we've got to, and that's just the nature of humanity, right? That's just the nature of the flesh. My fleshly inclination is like, I want God to do everything. I want Him to protect me, heal me, work miracles, uh, protect my children. I want Him to put me in a great house, give me a car, all the desires of my heart, and I want to do the minute. I don't want to do nothing. It's just not like that. I said, it's not like that. Amen. He said, many times I have received answers for my loved ones while praying in tongues. Actually, it's the best way to pray in, to pray in tongues when you're praying for somebody else, especially if you don't know what the problem or the need is. You can pray in your understanding as far as your knowledge goes, of course, and you can also plead your case for your loved ones along with the Word of God. But this is the way to pray for your brothers or sisters in Christ. Pray in other tongues. Amen. He said, on occasion, I have told the Lord, I didn't know what to pray for. I knew I should pray because I sensed that a certain person was in need or in trouble. But I didn't know what the need was. So I depended on the Holy Spirit to help me, and I would begin to pray in tongues. Therefore, the best way to get answers, well, this is kind of a different thing. The best way to get answers is to get in the Spirit when you pray. See, all of us are going to have problems come. All of us are going to have situations arise where we need to know what to do. And it's, it's more specific than something that's just outlined in a scripture that he could point us to or that we could find as we read our Bible. Something very specific to your situation. And we have that kind of help to know exactly what we should do in any given situation if we'll learn to look to Him and give Him some time. Amen. You know, I, let me say it this way. I'm going to quote Pastor Nancy. There are no uh, unanswered questions in the Spirit. There are no questions in the Spirit, only answers. Only answers. But see, if we give up prayer, if we just don't pray, then you're, a, you're, you're signing up to be a wanderer in life. You're signing up to be a guesser in life. And that puts you on the very same playing field with the sinner who doesn't know God. And you can look up and go in frustration, God, why aren't you helping me? Don't you know I love you? And he's looking down on you saying, why don't you cooperate with the helper I put on the inside of you, son? And, and I hear this all the time, I don't have time. I don't have time. I don't have time. As if that's legit. I don't have time. I don't have time. Well, are you telling me you have time to fail? That's what you're saying? You have time to fail? You have time to go around the same 
uh, lost, wayward, go-nowhere path that you've been on for the last 15 years? You got time for that? You got time for sickness, difficulty, beating your head against the wall? You have time for all that? That's what you're saying. Amen. Praise God. I'm preaching good. Hallelujah. Glory. God doesn't love any one of us more than the other. And the same Holy Ghost that's in me is the same Holy Ghost that's in Brother David. And he's just as committed to help Brother David get over all his mountains as he is committed to me getting over my mountains. Really, the job of the Holy Ghost is to bring us, usher us into the fullness of our inheritance. But we have to learn to hear from Him. We have to learn to be led by Him. We have to learn how He helps us. Well, Pastor, how does the Holy Ghost help me? Well, <laughs> He bears witness with your spirit concerning the will of God. And one of the number one ways the Holy Ghost helps believers is, you ready? He gives them utterance. When the Holy Spirit was poured out on believers in Acts, what is the first manifestation? What is the first thing it says? It says, and they were filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. I never really saw this, this clearly before, but if you think math and an equal sign, what is speaking in tongues? What is it? Speaking in tongues equals the Holy Spirit giving you utterance. What is speaking in tongues? What is it? Speaking in tongues equals the Holy Spirit praying through you. Don't tell me there's no value to that. Don't tell me there's no pop to that. Don't tell me that's of the devil. But did you see, what is speaking in tongues? Speaking in tongues is the Holy Spirit giving the believer unction and utterance. It is Him taking hold together with us in prayer. Oh, hallelujah. We need to take advantage. Think about that word advantage. Jesus said to His disciples, John 14, 15, 16, I understand, were some of the very last words Jesus gave His disciples before He went to the cross. This was, this was His, you know, if I, if, I was, if I knew in just a few, which Jesus did, just a few moments from now, I won't be with you. I, I won't be with you, and I won't get to really see you again until we're in the kingdom together. What would He share? The, the most vital of things, the most important of things. And He said to those boys, He said, Son, guys, it is to your advantage that I go away. How does the King James say it? So that you recognize the word, look it up. It's to your expedient. It's expedient that I go away. But the word is advantage. It is to your advantage. Now that doesn't make sense either. What? Man, since we've been with you, you've been paying our taxes. We've been eating good. I saw you walk on water. We've been seeing the dead raised. Nobody can really touch us. And it's to our advantage, you're saying? 
for you to leave us? That's a head scratcher if I ever heard one. But that's what he said. He said, for if I do not go away, 1 Corinthians, or John 14, 7, then the comforter won't come. But I'm going to the Father, and I'm going to pray to the Father that he would give you another comforter, one like me, one who will be with you forever, one who will do for every single believer, not just 12, not just 70, not just the precious few, that Jesus could physically be with. But to every believer throughout the age, the Holy Spirit's job is to be to us what Jesus was to his disciples when he was with them. It's like having your personal Jesus at work with you all the time. I'm telling you, we're not living in that benefit. We're not living to that level. Hey, me either. I'm stirring myself up. I said I'm stirring myself up. Praise God. What does Jude 20 say? Jude 20 says, Beloved, building yourselves up. How? Praying in the Holy Ghost. I don't know if I'm getting over to you. I believe I am. Hallelujah. Amen. But, you know, when we, when we come to these places in life, God, things can't stay this way. Things have to change. I need greater income. Life just costs more than the money I have. I, 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 I'm not where I should be. I know... You have a place for me and I'm not there. I I know I'm missing something. We, what should you do in those moments? Pray in the Spirit. I said pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. Look at verse 2 of 1 Corinthians 14. He that speaks in an unknown tongue, right, speaks not unto men, but unto God, but unto God. Howbeit in the Spirit, he speaks mysteries. He speaks divine secrets with God. Now what? About your life. Amen. About your life, about your situations. Look at 1 Corinthians 14, 14. And I want to point this out to you in the Amplified. 1 Corinthians 14, 14 in the Amplified. It'll give you more light about what it means to pray in your spirit or by your spirit. So in verse 14 it says, For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit by the Holy Spirit within me. My spirit by the Holy Spirit within me prayeth. That's perfect praying. I said, that's perfect praying. Glory to God. There's there's tremendous value in allowing the Holy Spirit, even your own spirit, to take the lead in prayer. The vast majority of prayer in the body of Christ is mental praying. And it really... What it comes down to, even among the most expert people in prayer who don't pray in tongues, is Lord bless them. Lord be with them. And that's about all that a lot of people can pray. 
Because why? Because they don't know what to pray as they ought. So we got 25 old ladies on the Methodist prayer list. And we're going to say, Lord be with Jane and Lord be with Aunt May and Lord be with her during this surgery. And, and if it's your will, heal her. And if not, God, help her, help her suffer through. There's about that much revelation in most prayers. Lord bless me, my four, no more. You know? Amen. But see... We, shouldn't, we should have enough knowledge of the Word, even out of our own understanding, to have more revelation than that. And a lot of our denominational friends do, don't, don't get me wrong. Praise God. But the vast majority of our prayers, even in spirit-filled churches, is mental praying. It's just mental praying. And that's not going to get the job done. I said, that's not going to get the job done this day and hour. Amen? Praise God. Prayer should be the most valued, one of the most treasured activities a church does together. And it's the least attended and least interested thing that happens in most churches. Come on. I mean, if I said Tim Tebow was going to be here to speak for 30 minutes, this place would be full. And we're going to have hot dogs and pizza after? I mean, come on, it'd be full. But if I said we're going to intercede on our faces in other tongues for three hours, I'd feel pretty blessed if I had 20. You know, Dr. Jacobs was telling me on the airplane, he said, uh, you know, son, I, I had a prayer night, Monday nights in my church for 14 years. I had uh, 300 people in my church. 300 people in my church. When I started that, I said, now listen, I need, if you're going to come to this, you need to be able to give me two hours. I'm going to teach for an hour and on prayer, and then we're going to pray for one hour. We're not going to pray for an hour and 10 minutes. We're not going to pray for an hour and 15 minutes. You got more of a burden, you can just go to your car. This is what we're going to do. He said, for about 10 of those 14 years, he had seven people. Out of 300 that were interested enough in prayer, Well, that's, that's probably a pretty good percentage. Amen. We're going to have revival. Things are going to have to change. I said things are going to have to change. Praise God. I'm trying to find a place to land. <laughs> Amen. Thank you, Father. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaks not unto men, but unto God. And a lot of times the way we're humans are is when they get in trouble, they want to talk to men. They want to talk to someone they can see. They want to hear a voice they can hear. But really there are many, many things in our lives that only God can really fix. That only God can truly help us overcome. It's like, Pastor, they diagnosed me with this. Should I have this surgery or not? I can't tell you. I said, I cannot tell you. The only way I could tell you would be if the Holy Ghost told me. And how would I get that? Either spontaneously he gives it to me, just I look within, I hear it. 
or I'm going to have to go get on my face and pray in other tongues until I hear it. And that's what a lot of people want their pastor to do for them every time they get in trouble. And I'm not going to, I'm going to be led by God. But I'm not, I can't do all your praying for you. Your spouse cannot do all your praying for you. I can't do all my praying. I can't do face praying anymore. She's 21, going to be 22 in March. I'll always pray for her. Amen? You know, Rex will be 18 in May. Is that possible? I mean, that's possible. Golly. Amen? But they're going to have to carry more and more and more of their own load. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. But we put ourselves in position to hear when we spend time in His presence, worshiping Him, talking to Him, but giving ourselves much to praying in other tongues. And I can back up Brother Hagin in this. That many, many, many times I'll pray about something I'm dealing with in other tongues. And I'll never hear from God about it. But the problem is fixed. And that's all I care about. Isn't that right? Bottom line. Many times he has talked to me about, about something. But many times I'll hold up something before him. I'll never hear from him about it. But just the action of talking to him in other tongues about it. Something happens in the realm of the unseen, in the realm of the spirit. And my cooperation with the Holy Ghost and the spirit realm, it, it turns the situation around, fixes it. You, you'd be too young to remember. You remember back over at Concord and we'd not been there very long. And... All of a sudden, it was as if someone reached over and grabbed the offerings faucet, the financial faucet of the church, and turned it off. Like all at once. What it felt like is this we'd had like half the financial base of the church walk out at once, and it, we did it. We we're like, who, who, who? I'll go talk to him. Who did I make mad? You know, whatever. I mean, it was just like, where did the money go? It's just like the faucet, the, the supply just turned it off. Well, you've heard me tell this. So I just cleared my schedule, and from 8 to 5 with a lunch break in between, I went into that prayer room, I shut the door, and that's all I did was pray in other tongues for five days in a row, Monday through Friday. It was the most dry, dead, hard, least anointed prayer time I could ever remember having in my life. You know, we had these little uh, wood what do you call those placard tiles in our old house we had to get up when we remodeled? Parquet flooring, and I don't know what kind of adhesive they put down, but it didn't matter what you did, you might get one or two up at a time. And that's what I felt like praying. God never said a word to me. But at the end of those five days, it was as if someone reached over and turned the faucet back on. See what I mean? Praying in tongues will fix problems when nothing else will. Amen. Well, what are you facing in this season of your life? I'm going to try, I'm trying to save myself a lot of counseling hours here. <laughs> 
listen, listen. The answer to a thousand and one different questions that you're likely to have is, you ready for it? I'm going to answer a thousand and one different questions. Be led. Jeremy, be led. That's an answer to a thousand and one different questions. Yeah. Should I get on this airplane or should I not? Be led. Should I make this investment or should I not? Should I marry this girl or should I not? Be led. I mean, you can come ask me if you want to, but I'm going to just spend an hour with you reading scriptures about praying in other tongues and being led. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Why don't you stand up on your feet with me tonight? I didn't go exactly as I thought, but I, I feel like I like it. Amen. Did you get some help, Rev? Yes, sir. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Brother Hagin said, no one can spend even just a little bit of time in the presence of the Master and not be affected by it. Amen. Praise God. Let's just spend a minute. Hallelujah. Maybe raise your hands and just, just open your mouth and lift up your voice and yield to the Spirit and speak out in other tongues. Glory to God. If you're saved, you're born again but you've never been baptized with the Holy Ghost. If you wanted to, you could come up here. I could lay my hands on you. Or right now where you're sitting, standing, you could just look inside your belly and there'd be that unction and that utterance welling up on the inside. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.